does your church have a real coffee machine or you're still rocking the plunger it does have a real coffee machine. We didn't used to, and we did the styrofoam cups mm. thing for oh. a very long time. <laughs> and now we have proper coffee machine. And I feel like actually a lot of people who know how to use it, yeah. which it is like good as well. Industry. Yes, it was. Strategic investment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a subject they have to take at more college these days. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Mums Group, a podcast for new and expectant mums who share a Christian worldview. My name's Ali Barnes and I'm married to Sean. Neither of us grew up going to church, but by God's grace and patience, we became Christians as teenagers. And a big part of how God has nourished our faith over the years has been our involvement in our local church. We led the youth group for eight years, the kids club before that. We've been part of Bible studies each year, involved with Christianity Explored and Alpha Courses, sat on parish councils, preached sermons, hosted carols nights, and even served on the flower arrangements team. So you get the picture. Basically, we are perfect Christians. (laughs) The truth is we simply enjoy church more when we're involved. We feel a greater sense of belonging when we serve. But at the moment, church looks and feels really different. To be honest, I'm still finding my rhythm in this season and I felt pretty disconnected. The sleep deprivation that comes with a newborn, the tantrums and separation anxiety with toddlers, the conflict with service times and naps, the constant interrupted conversations, the difficulty in getting to a nighttime Bible study, it can all feel hard. Today, sisters Kirsty Lawrenson and Catherine Francis, they join me to share their experience of church with kiddos. But before we get into it, I just want to be clear. We're not going to be deep diving on what the Bible says about church, its importance, or how we should serve. That's a different podcast. I encourage you to go listen to it. Uh, The vibe of this conversation of of Mums Group is just three mums sitting around a table sharing our experiences. And today, that's of navigating a sense of belonging and purpose at church with little ones in tow. I hope you find it encouraging. Hi, I'm Kat, uh, and my son John is three and a bit, and we're in a stage of very funny conversations and questions about God. So recently, uh, he's been asking me if before he was in my tummy, was he in heaven in Jesus's tummy? Oh, what so, are you say? I have not answered clearly yet. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm like, you're in heaven, but I don't think you're in Jesus' tummy. And then the follow-up was, do I still have to brush my teeth in heaven? Yeah. And then I said, do you think Jesus brushes his teeth? Does Jesus have teeth? So that's where we're at. I love what's on his mind, the important questions of life. This is great. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I've got Rosie, who's almost four, and Charlotte, who's 18 months, and a little bit uh, less steep there. I think the season that we're in at the moment is just trying to get our girls to the pool as often as possible. They are absolute fish. Thankfully, their auntie here knows how to swim properly because I was not a swimmer in my teenage days. I My earliest memory of swimming was like screaming on the edge of the pool when I was three. So I don't know how those genetics have kind of Genetic skipped lucky, around, yeah. but thankfully we're um, doing, doing life together as a village and they can go to their auntie for swimming tips. Aww, that's beautiful. <laughs> All right, so did you guys grow up going to church? Mm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we grew up in a Christian family. Both our parents are Christians um, from day dot all the way through. Went to a couple of different churches as well, like mm. really big churches, um, small family ones. Before both Kat and I and our brother ended up at um, a local church up the road from our parents' house and we're all still there now with our mm. families. That's so <laughs> lovely. Do, do you remember enjoying it or was it something that you felt like you were dragged along to? I remember enjoying it, but I remember it being very different in different seasons. So I have very vivid memories. We went to a big Assemblies of God Carrow Church when mm-hmm. we were kind of like, I don't know, like primary school age. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the service with our parents and our parents like standing and singing or listening, but us doing like colouring in on the seats. So I have these like really vivid memories of like, yes, I get to go to church and do colouring in, stay with mum and dad, witness the whole service, but being excited about the colouring in. And then I also (laughs) have lots of like pockets of memories of being really nervous about going to Sunday school. So I reckon there would have been separation anxiety and and sort of thinking, I don't want to be here. I know mum and dad are just in the next room. They're together. Why do I have to come over here like 
why can't I stay with them? Yeah. And then we went to a smaller, like, a community church that was Anglican, which is quite small. And so all of us contributed. We all played a role. Mm. And that was good because kids just were allowed to serve. You could lead and serve in lots of different ways. So I used to lead worship when I was like, I don't know, like – 13 or something wow. oh so you were mary in the nativity i'm assuming or? <laughs> i don't think we had nativities but it was one of those churches where like you knew everyone okay. like, yes you know there yeah. were five families or something and by the time so if you weren't there on a sunday it was pretty us. obvious yes. yeah yes and by yeah. the time we got to for me like year nine before i moved to um our current church i think like there were maybe four five kids our age and we were three of them yeah okay yeah (laughs) oh that's tough though yeah Mm. yeah big change part of the reason why it was really great um for me like moving to our current church because all of a sudden we were in a youth group where there were like hundreds of kids all these kids my age Mm. and you know I'm in a bible study with just girls in my school year not even my sister because we were you know one year apart at school so all of a sudden having like different social peer groups as well was yeah. really like new. Yeah. I remember being very distinctly encouraged by that as well. Just literally being quite moved at thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not the only Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Like being a Christian is not super dorky. There are Christians here that look like all sorts of people I know. A, I feel like I wouldn't be embarrassed to bring a friend to this youth group. Mm. And B, I just was like, oh, yes, like there are Christian people my age (laughs) out there. Like, oh, wow. And that's weird because we also went to a Christian school. So to have that culture shock was kind of a bit ironic. Yeah. But it was really encouraging to just see a big thriving church. Mm. Okay, so church has obviously been a big part of your week, your whole lives. Yeah. Mm. Before we get to the tricky stuff. What's the joy of being at church as a mum in this season? Mm, I think um, probably almost similar to that in that seeing lots of different mums approach motherhood or approach marriage or approach friendship or serving or all those kind of the building blocks of life Mm. at this stage in a really different way but in equally godly ways. So understanding that there might be a really hard biblical law on something but when it comes to motherhood there's actually lots of different ways of doing it Mm. so rather than raising my kids in a way that feels culturally christian because everyone's trying to do exactly the same way having some grace going to church and seeing lots of mums doing it lots of different ways but all striving to serve god so i think that's a great joy and i think for me um also just seeing those first sparks in your kids it's like Mm. it's like milestones when you first see your child fumble with taking steps it's like those moments when Mm. they're like you know amen after you say grace and you're like yeah or you know like with john asking questions about you know was he in jesus's tummy before your tummy it's like just seeing them grapple with those concepts and understand that you know Mm. god is real and asking questions about jesus it's just it's amazing um banjo's just started singing my god is so big oh that's the best mighty (laughs) (laughs) that and let it go are the only songs in his repertoire (laughs) but yeah it does it's oh it's beautiful i um i really love just singing yeah. with a congregation when I'm feeling yeah. exhausted mm. singing yeah just alongside other people does wonders for my soul mm. as a kind of sleep deprived mom mm. it just lifts me so much so apart from you know the health and well-being and financial uh situation that COVID has yeah. <laughs> been yeah. for so many people not being able to sing at church has been yeah. hard <laughs> so tough yeah Okay, so how then has having kids sort of changed your sense of belonging and Mm. purpose at church? I remember um, when Rosie was tiny and we started going to the morning service at our church. Like we moved from the evening service to the morning service that was relatively new for young families that had traditionally been for the older generations that had had a more traditional kind of liturgy and then maybe in the year or two before we started going, there was a big push to change the culture and make it welcoming for young families. So we started going to that just before Rosie was born, a couple of months. And in the first few months, I remember saying to one of the ministers, who I didn't know super well, 
I'm almost grieving this loss mm. of like zeal in my faith. Like mm. I know what it feels to be relating well to God and to feel buoyed up by, you know, my head and my heart and my spirit feeling nourished. And I felt like I was grieving that, mm. that loss of ability to be involved, to engage, you know, going week in and week out and feeling like sometimes I didn't remember a single thing that was spoken about, let alone what songs we sang, yeah. you know, like even those simple things that should get through like music and sometimes not even being able to have a conversation with anyone because your child has, you know, a blowout in their nap and you spend 20 minutes changing them. Yeah. So I remember him saying to me, just the fact that that is on your heart and your mind, like says volumes about, you know, your relationships So take comfort in that. But at the time I was like, I get that but I want more. I, mm. I really went through a process of like mm. almost grief adjusting to mm. that new way of engaging with church. And yeah, it took me a really long time to kind of accept that part of my ministry or my role was maybe just actually turning up yes. and being present. And other people would come up and say like, it's great to see you here or I remember one time we turned up and, you know, Rosie was not a great sleeper. So we looked as bad as we felt, awful <laughs> sleep. And one of our friends and minister was like, what coffee do you drink? Oh, <laughs> that was all he said. Them. Didn't give us a hug. Didn't say, are you guys okay? Yeah. Just literally walked in and said, what coffee do you drink? Yeah. And went and got coffee and came back and I almost burst into tears. I was like, you know exactly what we need. And just, yeah, it, I think it took me a long time and it got better when like, you guys had John five months after us. Our other nephew was born nine months later. By the time Rosie was like two, there were, you know, a lot of younger families there. Mm. But when we first started, there was just a really small handful. Mm. Um, and it was really hard kind of letting go of evening church and our experience of like really being connected in an, into a community to like... I don't know everyone here yeah. and I don't and know what I'm really, doing with my child and I'm feeling a bit lonely and vulnerable and just exhausted and I want more, you know? And that's a tricky time to join a new congregation because mm. it's very hard to form solid relationships when yeah, your conversation yes. is in 20 second intervals. Yes. 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 Watching, you know, eyes on your kid who's running yes. out onto the road. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you mentioned, you know, people encouraging you just for being there. Yeah. I think we can do that so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Like not just, I'm not saying, you know, people without kids, you mm. should, you know, praise a family who turns yeah. up. Like we should praise other moms. Like, yes. hey, because it is a big deal. Sunday yeah. mornings, that hustle, <laughs> just getting there sometimes. Yeah. Is you feel like half the day is done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Has that been sort of similar to you or? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I think, Starting church with kids, I 100% agree with you. And I remember when Kirsty and Mark started at the early morning service and left the evening service and James and I were still going to the evening service because I hadn't had John yet mm. and sort of talking to her and talking to the other families who had joined the morning service and then having conversations with James and saying like, what do we want to do? How are we going to mm. tackle this next season? I'm watching Kirsty and Mark go through that and thinking like, oh, that doesn't look very appealing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but it's good we're we able to have those honest conversations and things have changed greatly since then. Yeah. There are heaps of families at that morning service now. Um, and it does, like it often takes real acts of bravery. And I think that was service, you know, the irony is doing that and, and taking that leap was service to build a new community. It's almost mm. like a church plant. Someone has to go first. Someone has to set the groundwork. Um and I do agree. I, I really grieved leaving the evening service too. I'd led a youth group Bible study and then those youth group girls had um, come up to the evening service and I was watching them, you know, go through uni and get jobs and become adults and I really loved seeing that. So to go to the morning service, it felt like a grief of disconnecting with them in a way, knowing I wouldn't be in Bible studies with friends we had in that service. Um, and then I felt, I think... a and another disconnect with Bible study. So James continued on with his evening Bible study, but I just couldn't go to the women's mum's morning Bible study for a while because John was either asleep when he was little or then really active 
and he would have literally disrupted the whole time. Yeah. So that's that season as well. I think a lot of mums experience what the actual heck do I do with Bible study? Yes. Like how do I approach mm. this? Is there a group for me? Yeah. I think it's a real psych up to kind of start again, I guess. So we found the first year of Vanto's life really easy to still be very much mm. involved. We were still mm. running like an alpha course. Mm. We'd be at the working bee because mm. he slept anywhere. We could bring his change mat. He'd sleep on that pram carrier, Amazing. whatever. <laughs> hit 12 months and he decides that he likes routine and only sleeping in his bed and suddenly we feel so disconnected because Mm. when we break that routine he's not happy and we're not happy Mm. (laughs) and so we stopped going to bible study Mm. and I didn't realize how important that Mm. was in sort of nourishing my faith yeah the the fellowship the relationships the sharing you know beyond hey how you going Mm. and the 30 second answer that you give on a Sunday morning and also just wrestling with the scriptures because Mm. I don't know about you, but I didn't have a lot of motivation to sit down by myself and open the Bible. And so having that set time and that accountability was the only time I was really spending good time with God and his word. And I've been so thankful because after a year of that season and just feeling like cruise control, COVID meant Zoom Bible studies. Mm, Yes. And what happened was we started one. And now there's a group of women who meet in person. And then there's one that's continued for mums that find it hard to get along. And now I can't believe how much better I feel in terms of relationship with people. Mm. But yeah, just reading God's word again. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really tricky part of time when you're figuring out can you get to a Bible study. And if you can't, it's, it's hard. So you guys served a lot prior to kids. And you mentioned that was a bit of a grieving period Mm -hmm. do you feel exempt from serving in this current season like do people say hey I really think you should do this or do they not even approach you because you know you've got your hands full Mm. I think any sort of a litmus test for me is anything that I'm doing where I'm motivated by like obligation or fear or guilt Mm. I stop and reassess so I find Mm. it helpful to talk with James and say (laughs) I'm feeling really bad that I'm not doing A, B or C. And then we'll have a chat through, is it is it like godly sorrow? Like I really need to try and find a way to do this. Mm-hmm. Or is it I'm kind of just doing it because someone has convinced me I should. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a bit of a people pleaser and it doesn't actually take that much to convince me to do something. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I will actually move mountains to do something because I think I should. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. been a – I think motherhood has helped me go – I don't need to do that yeah. to serve God or I do need to serve my family. Like my husband and my son actually are priorities in God's eyes. You know, like yeah. he, the kingdom is not going to fall apart because <laughs> yeah. I have not served in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and also I think adjusting, there are things that I can do for like a really specific role. Like if I say, I'm really sorry, I can't serve in that way. I can be praying really faithfully for it and like keep praying for it. Whoever's in that role, whatever the program is, I can actually keep covering that in prayer or I can help find someone. Like I can go and really think and pray and chat to people about whether they could serve in that role. Mm -hmm. And I think ironically like it sounds like all three of us have had that experience of feeling a bit starved of community and so I've experienced them when I can serve like a new joy Mm. being like oh my goodness I'm involved in something (laughs) I'm doing it and it feels great and I'm loving this and and when you realize okay I'm doing this out of obligation and it's having an impact on my family's life and it's just going a bit pear-shaped versus I'm doing this joyfully I'm committed to it it's feasible it's sustainable it doesn't impact my family or my family's involved and I'm loving it like God is working through me because it's a good and right thing rather than yeah Yeah. there's also such a joy um I I think previously I did a lot of upfront ministry Mm. so you know if it was the play group I would have been running the play group now I'm sitting back and there's so much joy in just being an yeah. attendee mm. that gets to have conversation mm. yeah. rather than working yes. out logistics or mm, yeah. preparing a talk or read. You know, it's, yeah. I'm discovering like this new joy in sitting back in a sense, but actively yes. building relationships with people that I never really had time mm. or um, focus to do. Yeah. Before I had kids, I remember thinking, I'm just so excited about this phase of motherhood where... I can 
pour the energy that I'd normally pour into, you know, relationships at work or, you know, mm. in other ministries, I can pour that into my friends around me, you know, other mothers or community or that sort of thing. But then when I had Rosie, I realized it's it's not just motherhood that you're entering. You're actually learning to parent your child yeah. and your child is going to have a mm. unique dynamic with you as a parent. Um, no one else has that same experience. And so in the same way that, you know, I'm a big believer in you parent your child, you don't parent a philosophy, you have to look at the child in front of you. Mm. I felt like with ministry, I had less of myself to pour out than I thought I would, purely mm. because of some of the challenges that we had in Rosie's first year. And there was kind of like that reality versus expectations mm. moment. But I was really grateful that even though, you know, there was a morning, Thursday morning women's group that I could go to, there wasn't any pressure and people really understood mm. that. For me at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't even just that, you know, Rosie would scream. It was like, I can't pour out of myself. I can't give any more of myself right now. Yeah. You know, I'm just managing with X, Y, Z. This is the most that I can do. And there was a lot of grace um, shown to me. And even when I started going, because I had a similar thing with Rosie, like for a, maybe the first nine months, we weren't really following a routine and then something happened and she just started sleeping for hours in the morning. But you know, like that really inconvenient 10 yeah. till 12 where you're like, <laughs> I guess I just won't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and first out as well, I was like, I can't really get out of the house before nine o'clock. Like I'm just not that efficient. Yeah. So it was just a morning at home. And once that phase ended and I started being able to come, I would say like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like Rosie's having a sleep. I can't make it this week. And the constant refrain was like, that's okay. You just come when you can come. And if you come and she screams, we're used to it. Like we're mums as well. Yeah. It's nothing that we haven't seen before. Like you just come and be as you are and let your child be as they are. And we're here for that. Like, and that's we don't have be. expectations yeah. Yeah. of you yeah. to be or to do or like, if it's helpful, just come. Yeah. And then that kind of morphed into the situation, you know, where I had more capacity and was able to pour out more. And it reminds me of something that um, I was listening to the other day. Um, someone's saying like, everyone's different. If you as an individual have the capacity to pour out more and it's helpful and it's going to build you up in your faith and you need that bit of a kick to go, do you know what? I actually can do this. Yeah. Then go ahead and do it. But that's not going to be everyone. Mm. So like now two kids, you know, it's a challenge getting to Bible study in the morning. Sometimes they're grumpy. It's great that they've got their cousins there. That's a big motivation. But there's sometimes when I want to feel a bit self-pitiful and like, oh, this is so hard. I wish I didn't have to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. But I know that for me personally, having that accountability of, you know, leading or being responsible for something, it actually really helps me in my faith. Mm. And I, as a person at this stage, need that kind of extrinsic motivation yes. because when it's just me, I'm not as faithful. I'm not as intrinsically oh, we motivated. Get out of our no, <laughs> but you know, some people just have this ability to do that by themselves, yeah. regardless of what's going on. And I know. In the season, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> so being there and being present and having something that I'm responsible for has yeah. been really good yeah. now. It's, uh, it's so good to hear that kind of culture that's obviously present at your church where people just get it. Like uh, it's the same at mine. The first mm. outing that I took both boys to, mm. pretty nervous when it's your first <laughs> one. And I decided that it was going to be play group because yeah. I knew if everything went nuts, <laughs> <laughs> like, I had people around me who could just hold Zach or mm. restrain Banjo or <laughs> mm. whatever was needed. Um, so let's talk about that then. What, what are the things that your church, any of the churches that you've been to that you've seen that really helps support moms? Just in case, you know, there are ministers listening to this mm. and they're thinking, oh, we could introduce that at our church. What are some of those practical things that you found really helpful in your experience I think a really practical one which is not necessarily easy to change in like the actual structure of the church building but if a cry room can be right near the main service and you can see and even be seen um, and sometimes they're sort of you know a little bit to the side so people don't feel awkward about breastfeeding or so if your kid is literally writhing on the floor in a tantrum <laughs> people are not distracted or whatever um, but I think if you can be alongside that service physically 
or kids are even allowed to be in the service or part of the service or I mean Kirsty and Mark did a great thing at one point I don't know who initiated it but when um when the kids were baby babies on the floor they moved one of the second last pews out of the way and just put picnic rugs down in the auditorium and then it became like a safe space for people with just little babies to put their baby on the floor and then sing and be in a service um and I think it also was a sign to other people coming into that service, so new families, it's okay to have your kids here. You're not going to get looked at weirdly if your baby's squeaking or you need to breastfeed or whatever. And the older people in our service loved it. Like they come up and have a chat and if you're off in a cry room, that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, and or if you can't move where the cry room is, try and have a TV or even a speaker either in the cry room so that you can clearly hear what's happening in the service or even in the creche. So I often think like if you're the mum leading creche, you've missed the whole service. If there could just be a speaker on quietly in a corner, you can turn it on when it's appropriate, turn it off when it's appropriate or a TV with the service somewhere. Um, Otherwise it can, I think it can almost feel, I think punishing is too strong a word, but it can be, a little bit discouraging and deflating when you're like I've got up I've had a rough sleep I've hustled to get here I'm really trying to be faithful I'm actually trying to connect and engage but I'm now sitting in a room in a corner on my own I actually probably would have enjoyed this better if I'd stayed home and tuned in Um, I think other than that is just looking at kids programs and just again not always possible so praying for it if it's not happening choosing really carefully who's involved or who's coordinating so all it takes is like one strong voice of reason and grace to say hey like come bring your kid once a month come and stay with your kid we're not going to judge you there's not hard and fast rules here like if you need to stay down with your kid who's having separation anxiety for two years that's fine no one's going to say I think you should leave now exactly. you can't yeah. tell that my hands up right now yeah. I am that mom who's been in uh, in uh, the kids church for the last two and a half years yeah yeah or like do you want to help lead it or uh, whatever so just have some people somewhere on kids ministry that really are gracious and again you can't really you know say I don't like the kids minister I love our kids minister for the Mm. record but just or be that mum just be the mum that's like I'm going down I'm staying feel Mm. free to stay like you know Mm. let's bring our takeaway coffees and chat while we're in creche together because I'm not going anywhere (laughs) makes a big difference I think yeah I was talking to Mark, my husband, about this last night. And it's that challenge that like we know in theory as a church, we're like a we're a body of people. We're a family, we're united by Jesus. And kids are part of a family, right? Mm. Like a family isn't just quite adults. Mm. It's the whole cacophony. Mm. Um, but it's hard to figure out exactly what that looks like in a service, and especially when you're part of a large service, um, because you know, there's tradition and there's culture and there's demographics and there's personality and all those things in play. And I think one of the reasons Mark and I are still at our current church is that like we just love the kids' church and we love how like faithful the teaching is and what Rosie comes home and tells us about. And But yeah, I think it's still a challenge to figure out how to have those kids who are too young for creche, but maybe too old to just kind of like lie in their bassinet and coo <laughs> like how do you yeah how do you engage with church when you're in that almost awkward stage mm. yeah I forgot about the picnic blankets we should start that up again because mm. that was really great yeah um but feeling like it's okay for you to be here we want you here it's okay to be here in your noisy mm. messy tired state yeah mm. and that's part of church that's that's the aim right that's what everyone wants, yeah. but sometimes it's harder to achieve. Yeah. I always think of church as a family. So we know, like all families, there's going to be dysfunction. <laughs> um, not everyone will get along. Maybe good seasons what? and bad seasons. That's right. It's going to be weird uncles. It's going to be weird aunts. Um, we will one day be those weird aunts. Um, But if you are at a family gathering and you are literally relegated to like a different room 
on your own, no one comes to talk to you, you know, like yeah. that crime experience. If it was Christmas Day and someone said, here, I've prepared a quiet room with a soft chair, see you at the end. Mm. You just don't want church to feel like that every week. And beyond that, I think that's so important what you're saying. Even if it's just like that Christmas Day scenario, someone saying, hey, do you want a drink? Wine, coffee, tea, water. If you're at church and that's right, like your tiny ministry was just to pick a different mum every week and go get them some morning tea. Yeah. And I know that's not necessarily possible with COVID, mm. but or just to pick a different mum and go have a quick word. Just yeah. say, hey, how are you? What'd you do this week? Yeah. Um, it does make a really big difference to have a mini connection. It's really easy to underestimate when you are tired and you have a new baby. For someone to talk to you, mm-hmm. it's really exciting because you you might be up to your elbows in something with a baby and you probably won't initiate just because you're tired. You're not thinking, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and make a new friend now. But if someone talks to you and comes up or offers you a cup of tea or water or whatever, that really can be such a lovely connection. It's like a family moment um, and it can be that simple. And that actually reminds me when Rosie was little, um, but for like maybe the first two years, there was this lady Bloss, mm. um, 98, um, like an absolute institution, um, single, really, really hard of hearing. They're absolutely every week, you know, still driving, really mobile. And she would, she would come up every week or two and come into the back area where I was maybe feeding Rosie or playing with her and have a conversation with me and that wasn't easy because she couldn't always hear what I was saying but she would make a point of saying hello Mm. yes saying it's great to see you here and it's I think it it takes that individual effort for people to come and do that but it also kind of reminded me that um, when I was able to pour out a bit more of myself to try and take my child into the service like to know that I was allowed to I wasn't being stopped from going into the service but I had to choose to be that culture changer and go sit in the service and breastfeed my kid Mm. or um you know go up go and sit next to someone I didn't know and chat to them Mm. afterwards or um but that takes effort as well and Mm. I wasn't always keen or (laughs) happy to do that and also just that feeling like you're going to distract people yeah like like you said you know knowing that it's okay to go there but yeah I think we do do you guys have this innate sense of fear that if you bring your kid in and they're making some noise oh yeah and especially because Charlotte our second one is much more like John like she's Mm. just a force of nature she's so fast she runs around like Rosie was a pretty um fine motor queen you know she was happy to sit and do stickers for a while and be really engrossed with it charlotte like no hope totally it's another form of imaginary mum guilt that we put on ourselves like my kids should be at church in their sunday best being (laughs) tiny little disciples for christ i'm a christian soldier (laughs) and it's just not reality like it's just yeah so if you see a mum who who's sort of really she's trying to engage she's trying to participate she's in there she's been brave she's gone on the service she's like i knew it this but i'm giving it a red hot go and it's stressing her just go up at the end and say exactly the same if all you said was so great to see you this week oh my gosh how cute is she or how lovely or you know like how's it going that takes it from the mum potentially in her head thinking this is really awkward, I regret yeah. coming, to mm. like, oh, you know, that's okay. I think some of the other little practical things that, you know, are really appreciated was our um, minister's wife would always stock the change table with mm. extra nappies and wipes in case you ran out, um, having chairs without arms for breastfeeding. Yes. I mean, yeah. those little things you really yes. appreciate. Yeah. When I had banjo, they put together a little meal roster. Yes. yes. That just made me feel so yeah. so supported, so cared for. Mm. Um, but also follow-up. So mm. I can't think of the last time that I, you know, had more than a 10-second conversation with my pastor mm. at church. Mm. But every now and then I get a phone call from him or mm. I get a text message from his wife. Mm. And I think that's so important because you're yeah. not usually having any deep and meaningful conversations at mm. 10 a.m. on a Sunday. But... Mm. Through the week, a missed call, hey, give me a call when it's convenient to you. Mm. And that just means the world, mm. having that, that care through mm. the week. 
Um, also, I think, yeah, like I said before, having things like Zoom Bible studies, I think that yes. is a really... Game changer. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, but maybe we should be more creative. Like I was thinking, I'm not part of any prayer ministry, but how easy would it be to get together with another mum Go on like a prayer walk yeah. with your prams. Kind yeah, of thing. So like, yeah. I think we need to show a bit more initiation. Yeah. yeah. If it's not working for us, the common model of church, okay, what is going to? Yes. And how can we, yeah, mm. think outside the box a little bit more now? Yeah. Let's talk about kids' involvement in the service. Mm. So we used to have a song for the kiddos, mm. which turned into, believe it or not, a mosh pit. And they went crazy. Thing is, they didn't catch on that they were only meant to do that for their song. Yeah. And so you'd be doing, you know, like God of Wonders and they're like jumping up and down on the stage and it started to become kind of distracting and unhelpful. And so then it was pulled. But then, I don't know, it's like there's this idea of we want our kids to be involved. Is it just a token thing that we want them to be involved or do we actually want them to be there praising and worshiping God with us, you know, as, as a family, mm. what's your take? Do you think get them off to the kids church so everyone can focus? Uh, Cause they're a bit of a distraction. Do you think keep them in for longer? I reckon it would almost come down to the families in that service at that time. So I know That's for John, mm. if I, if we set a precedent and sort of said, Hey buddy, look how fun church is look at the great things we're doing up in the auditorium we're jumping around and dancing and like there's like a kids talk and it's really exciting up here he would never go to crash he would <laughs> never go to kids church and he would also probably latch on to like I'm a big boy I don't want to go with the kids I want to stay up here like I'm I'm grown up now which is his new favorite thing and and also yeah I think it's just so many different variables like how big's your church how long's your service how many families are there do you have room for it so give it a whirl maybe you know like talk to your minister and just say can we try this could we do a kid spot Mm -hmm. maybe it's a story maybe you know it's not the song but could we just read a short part of the kids bible with all the kids up the front at the very beginning and it could even tie in whatever the sermon is on that week or could we do kids prayer and have a kids you know, a kid pray up the front or could we pray for the kids every week and then kind of commission them out to their little creche or there's so many little things I think you could do to acknowledge those kids. And I mean, you know, I don't want to get biblical, but, you know, Jesus totally spent time with kids, you know, he really was welcoming of them and he was welcoming of bringing everyone on the periphery in and that included kids. So I think there are simple ways we can acknowledge them as part of our family without seeing them as like that's chaos bit distracting probably going to distract from the main event and also I'm here to concentrate um and then the flip side of that is I think as parents the more your kids are involved in church the less chance there is for you to have like a moment in your week where you can concentrate or connect with a grown-up or something that's not to do with your kid Mm. so the weeks when I could sit in a service and listen to a sermon and James would be with John in creche, that is heaven for me. <laughs> yeah. That is like 10 weeks annual leave yeah. just to actually concentrate because I can't do that if I'm with him. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, this woman started coming to our church and she had two daughters and I met her in a kid's church. And the next week I saw her come in and we said hi and then she left. And... I caught up with her at the end of the service. And Erin, you've been going here, what, a whole week? How did you just leave your kids in kids' church? <laughs> um, and she's like, oh, bribery. I was like, what? She's like, yeah. I made a pavlova and I said they could have some if they sat in kids' church without me. I'm like, that is genius. I've been here since Banjo was born, two and a half years, and he still cannot stay in kids' church without me staying there. Not even dad. Tell me. I'm going to be able to get back into main church. Mm. I have an anomaly. So part of having our very strong-willed children (laughs) is Rosie, like when we took her down to creche for her first week, she walked in and she didn't turn around. She did not say goodbye to me. She's a boss To the point (laughs) that I felt a bit sad. Like, don't you want to say bye? Yeah, I was like, I'm feeling more needy than my child, you know. It's just, she just went straight in. And Mm. like, she just thrives on that independence. 
which you can imagine can throw some spanners in the works in other areas yes. of our day, <laughs> daily weekly life. <laughs> but here it's a win. There's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, but I think a lot has to do with just your kid's personality. And, um, you know, it wasn't like we were amazing parents in a particular way that enabled her to do that. It was just literally luck of the job. And yeah, I think Charlotte just took a leaf from her book and kind of followed suit I, I do get excited that Zach might not experience the same separation yeah, anxiety because totally. he'll always have his brother yeah, yeah daycare 100%. kids church whatever okay yeah. there's hope that <laughs> happens for us yeah <laughs> what do you hope that your kids will remember of this time of being at church um I I really I'm thinking back to kind of my memories of church when we were younger. It's funny, Kat, because like I don't remember having any separation anxiety. Mm. I know I was like a fairly anxious kid at school, Mm. but maybe because I was the third, I just always felt comforted that you were there Mm. and that our day was around and you kind of like had that separation anxiety on my behalf. (laughs) Um, Thank you. (laughs) Mother duck. (laughs) Um, But I, I hope that our kids remember that sense of being part of a family Mm. being loved on by adults around them who they wouldn't have known otherwise you know just like that really strong memory for me of like these people who played a really big part in my life and my faith who I don't know anymore like they're complete strangers to me but at the time they were some of the most important people in my life whether it was youth group or primary school or mm. you know even idolizing your Sunday school teacher mm. um, when you were tiny it's also kind of weird so maybe I have to clarify but I kind of hope that they remember music mm. and having said we have a very um, traditional mix of <laughs> music at our morning service that when comes out (laughs) so not like the particular songs but I hope that some of the lyrics of those songs that we Mm. sing stick in our girls minds because for me as you were saying Ali like a really big part of bolstering my faith throughout my life has been hearing God's gospel truths um, and encouragement through song Mm. it's like if all I could do was just listen to a song and cry. I could mm. do that, you know, like it mm. didn't take much human effort. And sometimes that was just like my bottom line. Mm. And so I hope that, you know, as a church kid, I don't remember anything I did in Sunday school when I was tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the lessons, you, you know. I mean, the craft, you, <laughs> no, you don't exactly. still have them hanging up. No. <laughs> but I hope that, um, like me, that like our kids will remember some of those even really simple kid songs like Jesus Mm. loves me. And one day as an adult like me go, wow, that's really profound. Mm. Or, you know, those lyrics are really true and they're simple, but it's like hard hitting. This is gospel truth. Mm. Um, What about you, Kat? Yeah, I think um, I have vivid memories of probably from when I was a bit younger, like maybe kind of one year, one, two, three kind of age watching my parents like really worship and I don't mean you know really like that's not worship that is worship but Mm. watching them both really sing and be part of a service and like really listen to the sermon so if they talk to us about biblical things or if they talked about God or you know that's not a good or a right or a kind thing to do it felt like almost kind of qualified that in terms of you actually believe God's real, you're submitting to him, you're listening to him, like you're teaching me, but you're being taught. Mm. So I found that a comfort seeing like my family as part of a bigger church family, which is part of a global Christian family, which all sits under God. So I don't know how or why that kind of struck me, but I really had Mm. a sense of we're part of something bigger Mm. and not in a cult way, but in a, what you're doing with me is authentic because you also submit to God. You are humble before him. You are listening to him. Um, and, and I also do think, like you said, Ali, I, I don't know when else John would see that many people singing together yeah, exactly. or quietly with heads bowed praying in absolute silence, listening to someone. Or And I don't want him to then think that that's what being a Christian means like that's all very you know obvious outward but it is that sense of a real calm and a real uniformity and real all of our hearts are in this because Mm. we do have faith that this is a real thing Mm. and the other thing is I want him to have I guess happy memories of Sunday school so Mm. I think sometimes you hear real horror stories of like you know 
I had to memorize all the books of the Bible backwards and forth. I, I don't want him to remember that. Mm. I would like him to remember maybe a leader or a moment or I remember learning about Jonah and the whale or I remember mm. being taught how to pray. I want him to have positive associations mm. with church and we can't control that because we're not necessarily there mm. but I think the way we can be involved is as you said Ali like if you're down there then offer to lead or uh, try and have catch-ups with other church mums or just try and invest in any way you can or you know at the end of the year thank the leaders or give them mm. a little Christmas present or just show that as a bigger church buddy, they are not forgotten and we do value what mm. they're doing and we really think it's important. We yeah. think you're kind of sowing really crucial seeds. Yeah. Um, so if they do a good job, really, really thank them Yes. and pray for them. Pray for them. Yeah. I've skipped over a bunch of questions because I think <laughs> <laughs> that conversation just kind of uh, was Organic. great. Well, yeah, yeah, it did. It just found its feet. It, before I wrap up, is there anything that you feel like we, we didn't touch on that would be really good or... I think one thing that I want to try and dwell on at the moment in this stage of life, especially having a preschooler who's asking big questions, is that idea that I'm not responsible for saving my children. Oh, yes. thank God. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> yes. thank God. It's not my responsibility to ensure that my children choose yes. to follow Jesus. And that's really important because. I am responsible for my child putting on underpants before yeah. she walks out the door. You know, like I am responsible for a lot of yeah. my children's lives. But not their salvation. But not their salvation. And so even though like we strive, we work hard, we learn how to parent, I am responsible for being in a faithful relationship with Jesus mm. and living that out and explaining that to our kids. And so is my husband. And for living an authentic faith mm. and, and yes, for, you know, shaping the way that, um, we might do things in our family or, you know, teaching the girls openly, but at the end of the day, they will choose Jesus or they will not choose Jesus. Mm. And that's the work of the Holy spirit and that's their choice. And so, yeah, part of being at church together is like, this is what our family does. This is important. We prioritize this time this happens, you know, mm. but it's, I know that going to church with our children is not going to save them no. and choosing the right church or having the ideal church mm. or things being done this way versus that way is not going to save our kids. Amen. And so yeah. just remembering that like in the same way that we want to breathe grace into each other's lives in all facets of motherhood, which can be really hard um, from the tiniest things to the biggest thing, the salvation of our kids it's just grace upon grace upon grace all the time. That's great. I think mine was when I was reflecting about today, I started thinking about um, like we are the church and when we meet together, we're in church and we're doing church as a family. But just like when you, you know, have Christmas dinner and off you go back to your own house, I think having a sense of being a church in the rest of your life. So I have friends who are who do not look like husband, wife, two kids, all Christian, grew up Christian, go to church. Yeah. Plenty of friends who don't look like that. And I have felt an overwhelming sense of how can I make this accessible for someone who is not in that position, who just sees like a whole bunch of Ned Flanders <laughs> all doing good on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so being really conscious of like people who are struggling and that might be, you know, younger mums or people who found themselves as a single parent, single mum or dad or dads who are doing the full-time parent thing and feel awkward about coming along to a play group or awkward about coming along to a mum's group and I've experienced that too friends with um whose partners and husbands have stayed at home with the kid while they've gone back to work so just it's made me think and I don't have all the answers but how can we look at the people who might be on the fringe yeah. either because they feel awkward about engaging with Christianity or they have just found themselves in a position that is awkward and they, they actually are probably most needing of grace and love and community and a bit of conversation and, you know, other people to talk to, but coming on Sunday on their own with a kid which just is probably completely overwhelming. So I think part of that, and this is where I've got to in my thinking, is making sure that we are the church when we're not at church. So 
do what Jesus did, like practice hospitality. Yes, go to the temple and talk to rabbis, but also have dinners or have meals or wherever you are, whatever you do, talk to people who you encounter in your personal life and don't assume that they're not curious or they're not interested. And it comes up inevitably with, hey, how's your week and what did you do? I went to church, but not leaving it there and, and not being afraid to ask friends to come to things or giving them a Bible or just sending them, oh, here's a podcast. Here's, you know, mum's group, Ellie Barnes, here's a podcast on mums who go to church. Like, Plug. have a listen. <laughs> That's right. Checks in the mail. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say, something that I thought about for a long time, which again, I'm not doing. So it's an idea. <laughs> Take my advice. I don't use it. <laughs> um, is I think sometimes we run events at church yeah. um, that really like hit a great target market. Like it might be a men's dinner or it might be a family picnic or it could be a whatever. I think that we could have events that are casual and don't have to be bigger than Ben-Hur. And I think it might be an easier way to invite a friend who's not at church as opposed to we're having an event about who is Jesus so it's still being explicit but just saying we're having an event about being a mum and it's at my church and we will talk about Jesus but if you're interested like come along because I see lots of curiosity and I've been asked questions about what does it look like like how does your faith actually influence how you parent but I think if we were more open and said, yeah, we'd love to talk about it, come. Like, yeah, but totally those events like um, uh, a bit of a workshop or seminar on parenting mm. or on marriage, you know, yeah. how do we make marriage not just housemates? Yeah. You know, those are brilliant relationship builders with yeah. the community. Yeah. You've got to give people a reason to listen to you share your faith by starting yeah. with a friendship. And a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Well... Having young children, it it gives us a myriad of excuses to stop serving or to miss Sunday worship altogether. And let me be clear, going to church, it doesn't make you or your child a Christian, but it does encourage us. It encourages others and it teaches our kids that God and his people are a priority in our lives. And when we go to church exhausted with our hands full, we give others the opportunity to use their gifts to serve us. It gives us the opportunity to set an example to younger women of how to love your family and prioritize their faith. And when we share how tired we are or how difficult parenting strong-willed children is or how our cup feels empty because we haven't heard a sermon or been to Bible study for months or whatever your burden is, when we share these things out loud, just our very presence on a Sunday through this challenging and chaotic season, it testifies to God's goodness and faithfulness. I hope you're at a church where you feel seen. I hope there are people around you praising you for making it each Sunday. I hope there are people you can be real with, share your struggles with. I hope there are people loving and serving you and your kids beyond the Sunday service. If you need help finding a church, uh, a quick plug for my workplace, Hope1032. It has a church directory on their website. If you live in Sydney, you can help you find a church near you. Uh, if you live near Mossman in Sydney, you can always come along to Harborside Church and hang out with me. I'm in the back hall probably for the next 10 years. <laughs> Kat and Kirsty, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so encouraging. If, uh, if you want to continue the conversation, you can connect with us, Mums Group Pod on Facebook. That's short for podcast. And if you found this conversation helpful, maybe it resonated or maybe you know a mum who might be battling, share it with them. Until next time, bye. Bye.